unidentifiable flying object. UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It could only be one thing. A UFO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UFO No, your break from the propaganda, the bad news, the political nonsense. Have a little bit of fun going over things like the Greys, abductions, the Anunnaki, connections. That's what we're going over today in this episode. Thanks for coming along. I'd love to know how you found us. You can find us everywhere you find your favorite podcast. So uh, go tell your friends. Means a lot. Thank you very much. A question I ask a lot on this show. What are alien abductions? What's really behind them? There is a gigantic number of personal accounts and abductions. Some pretty famous ones, like uh, the Betty and Barney Hill case, for instance. Really famous, uh, one of the first alien abduction cases. We've talked about it in previous episodes. Betty and Barney Hill traveling down a lonely highway when a craft came and settled over their vehicle. Seemed to Light it up. They stopped, pulled over to the side of the road, got out, take a closer look. The thing came down really close, beamed this light on them. They lost time. Ended up 35 miles down the road further than where they were. Had no idea what happened. And then through hypnotic regression, they had the feeling that something happened. Anyways, they ended up finding out the whole story that they were abducted and experimented on. Now, I have no doubt that some of these have actually happened. People get abducted. But was it aliens? If you've listened to the show before, thank you. But you also probably know that I lean more towards government shenanigans than aliens. At least a majority of the cases, in my opinion. Now, of course, it is possible that it's aliens. It's possible it's beings from other realms, other dimensions, but it's also possible that it's government agencies dealing in deep secrecy, pulling a fast one over their own people. It's happened before, several times. What do you think? Are we just lab rats for alien scientists? Is there an alien-human hybridization? Hybridization. Oh, I can't say that word. Program? (laughs) Or are they government experiments using psychoactive drugs, mind control techniques, 
on an unsuspecting population. Once again, been done before. Of course, my conspiratorial mind, again, makes me think government. Even though I I honestly do. I honestly do believe. I want to believe in aliens. I want to believe that there's a lot out there. There's a ton of evidence that points towards yes. Circumstantial evidence, that is. So I believe it's possible. But the abduction phenomenon also could be a lot bigger than any of those. Not just uh, about our civilization as we know it, but of course, ancient civilizations. But before I go on too far, I want to remind you all, make sure to share this episode with your friends. Leave a nice review for us wherever you find in wherever you find us, which we're everywhere. So you can find us everywhere. Spotify, you can go right up, leave a review right now. You don't even have to leave the episode. Anyways, leave a review really, really, really does help grow the show. And of course, you can buy merch. Check it out on the show notes. Anyways, let's continue on. Maybe there's a connection between ancient cultures and their gods. Their extremely long lives, some of their abilities they seem to have, and the gray aliens that are coming to Earth, abducting people. Maybe this connection is even crazier than we think. Is there truth to the claims of demonic possession? A war between good and evil for human souls? I know. I'm jumping through a lot of rabbit holes right now. I know, I know. In previous episodes, we've brought up the ancient astronaut theory and some of the legends of the Anunnaki. Well, according to the translations of Zachariah Sitchin, a great researcher. I mean, look, a lot of people think he had some pretty out there theories. I think think life is pretty out there. (laughs) The universe is pretty out there. So I think we're all allowed to have some crazy theories, but I like this. Anyways, let's get, we'll get into it. Uh, Here's the, here's the basics of his, the translations that he made. Almost half a million years ago, the Anunnaki or a scientific research unit of them came to earth to to mine for gold to create a powder to take back to their home planet, Nibiru. Nibiru, uh, which is a planet in our solar system that takes thousands of years to orbit the sun, so is rarely visible from Earth, according to uh, Sitchin, of course. Um, And they're going to use this powder to repair their atmosphere. But working for themselves got really old. So they... So the scientific unit, the research unit, rebelled against them, the Anunnaki. So the leaders, Enki and Enlil, once again, this all according to Sitchin's translations, uh, genetically engineered a slave race, the human race, 
once again, according to Sitchin's translations. Now, essentially, the Anunnaki were flesh and blood aliens with scientific knowledge that created the human race to serve them. It's interesting to think that the legends of like demigods or general gods could have morphed from that to the human race being created by God or gods as opposed to <clears throat> genetic mani- uh, genetic manipulation. It's interesting because, I mean, it's, it's just a fascinating, you know, the seeding idea we've talked about uh, um, in the past, uh, dragon-like races that came and seeded uh, Earth. But this is way more scientific, you know, cl- almost cl- not cloning, but, you know, we're all test tube babies, basically, is how that uh, kind of translates. You know, there's there's debate whether biblical events actually took place. They really happen. Or are they just stories and metaphors from the Bible? Stitchin believed, or Sitchin, I keep wanting to call him Stitchin. Sitchin believed that not only was the flood real, did it happen, but that ancient writings explained the reasons why it happened. So, you know, in the Bible, if you're not familiar with the the story of the Bible, uh, God is angry at his people for debauchery, whatever it was that uh, they were all doing. So he picked a family, which happened to be Noah and his family, to build an ark to get his family along with two of every animal, on board the ark to preserve for future. And then he flooded the earth. Pretty bad. Uh, Now, Sitchin believed that the flood was caused by the approach of the Anunnaki's home planet, Nibiru, that caused a polar tilt. What's interesting about that is historical researchers have also suggested not, of course, because of a rogue planet, but have suggested some kind of polar tilt in the past. But, according to Sitchin, this is caused by the Anunnaki's home planet getting close to the Earth, you know, gravity and all that. So the Anunnaki leave Nibiru to a mothership orbiting above Earth. Ah, the moon? Hmm? allowing the human race to perish. So there was already a human race on the earth. They get close to it. And because all the earth rises, it destroys them. But of course, in a, in the story, in another story involving the Anunnaki, very similar to Noah's Ark, one chosen human was given instructions to build a vehicle that him and his family and as many animals and plants on Earth would survive the oncoming flood. That's pretty crazy coincidence, which I don't think it's coincidence. But depending on what you believe, 
Where do you fall on that one? Mm? But very similar. Interesting. Anyways. Uh, when the Anunnaki returned after the destruction of the planet, including their own cities, by the way, they relocated to the Sumer region, which is now uh, modern-day southern Iraq. The survivors of the human race repopulated. And remember, the Anunnaki lived really, really long lives compared to humans. Um. But anyways, the, the human race is repopulated and is serving the Anunnaki again. And as it happens with co-workers, sometimes, even with a master-slave relationship in this case, some of the Anunnaki started hooking up with the humans. And this resulted in monarchs divine royalty people who would still serve and answer to the Anunnaki but would also rule over and control the rest of the population Mm, sound familiar pharaohs kings all said to uh, have divine right to rule very interesting so then Again, according to Sitchin's translations, a war between the Anunnaki themselves brought their entire empire down. And these wars resulted in legends like Sodom and Gomorrah. If you're not familiar with Sodom and Gomorrah, it was, uh, let's see, who was it? It was, and now I'm trying to remember who it was that was there. It wasn't Abraham. Maybe it was. Anyway, somebody... Maybe it was, no, I don't think it was Abraham. I can't remember. Oh, it was Lot and his wife. Anyways, I, look, I'm going way back here to like, you know, early, early church stuff when I was a kid. So bear with me. Anyways, uh, Lot and his wife are told that they need to leave, that Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be destroyed. And he pleads for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, that if he can find anyone still remaining that's good, that it would be spared. Well, I guess he couldn't find anybody or what for whatever reason, they said no. So, or God said no. So they send Lot and his wife and his family away and are told that they can't look back. Uh, when it's destroyed, not to look at it for, I can't remember why. Uh, so anyways, but I'm just telling you the story from the Bible in comparison. So according to Sitchin's translations, these wars, instead of it being the wrath of God, it was a nuclear weapon that was launched during this war that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And also according to texts in what's called the Mahabharata, and I'm saying that's so terrible, I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure it has way more rhythm and, and uh, panache to it. Um, Mention similar wars, even with nuclear weapons, nuclear fallout. A, an author, David Davenport, uh, uh, wrote the book Atomic Destruction in 2000 B.C., 
he studied the, uh, it's called the Mahenjo-Daro region and concluded that a nuclear strike had taken place there. Of course, I mean, it's debated, but, but what isn't? And what do we really know? What do we really know? You got to have an open mind about this. So anyways, kind of an interesting thought there. Um, so from this nuked world of the Anunnaki came these human rulers who rebuilt from the ruins left by these gods and that's what grew into the civilizations that we know through history and of course there's alternate theories some of you may be familiar with that the rulers went underground ruling from the shadows using their puppet kings to control the people And it's not just Sitchin who believed that the uh, Anunnaki were real and on Earth. In fact, uh, there's another researcher, Nick Redfern, going to be talking about him a lot in this, um, and another author, Lawrence Gardner, said that uh, they believe that every item of, of evidence that's written down and the images that are coming out of these ruins confirm that the ancient Sumerians were truthful about the existence of the Anunnaki. They weren't, they weren't using uh, metaphors. They weren't telling tales. They were, they were giving actual accounts of what took place. So how does, that, how does the idea of immortality fit into alien encounters. We're talking about extremely long lives, you know, breeding between aliens, Anunnaki's and humans. And if so if they have if they're immortal or live extremely long lives, uh, according to ancient texts, that's exactly it that they they not only lived really long lives, but they were actually immortal. Uh, according to some of these writings, in fact, you know, as is done with genetics, these long lifetimes were passed on to human beings through the mating between the two of them. even th several years before the time of Jesus. So it goes back quite a ways. Once again, we're talking a lot about biblical times here, the connection. And if we believe that there's a connection between the flood and these other almost identical accounts from the Anunnaki side, then it makes sense that these cultures, having been so close to this time frame, would have had a close relationship with God or the Anunnaki. A much closer relationship, a much closer belief. 
So in the Bible, specifically, there's a lot of people that live extraordinarily long lives. For example, Methuselah, the grandfather of Noah. What a name. Lived for 969 years. Noah lived 950 years. His father, Lamech, lived to be 777. Adam and Eve, over 900 years, having more than 56 children, which, of course, is what you need to do if you're populating the earth. Uh, One of these children, Seth, lived to be 912, and his son was 905. Now, of course, there's a lot of people that believe in the ancient astronaut theory. I, I, once again, I want to believe. I want to believe. It's on the shirts, by the way, if you want to uh, get some merch. I want to believe. UFO No Podcast, great shirts. Go check it out. Good merch. But these same people that believe in the ancient astronaut theory also believe that Adam and Eve, or some of them at least, believe that Adam and Eve were the a result of genetic manipulation by the uh, Anunnaki. Are you familiar with the Sumerian king lists? Have you ever heard of those? Uh, well, you guessed it. It's a list, uh, but it's a list of rulers with all their ages. And what's interesting about it is that it has both the average human lifespan like today. So, you know, give or take 60 to 80 years. And then others that were hundreds of years old. So again, let's get a little biblical here, okay? In the Bible, Lamech, Noah's father, when he first saw Noah, he thought, It wasn't his kid. He actually thought his wife had hooked up with what he said were the watchers. Mm, Could that have been the Anunnaki? It said that Noah's skin and eyes shined in a way like sons of God. Now, of course, the Anunnaki having sex and probably having babies makes, you guessed it, alien and human hybrids. And it said that the offspring of this union or alien hybrids or demigods, think about that mythology, demigods, see, it all ties together, it's crazy, had a lot of the same powers and traits of the Anunnaki, like very long lives. Of course, in my opinion, we don't know for sure. I mean, look, I don't think that's just an opinion. I think that's that's the way it is. We don't know for sure. There's, once again, a lot of circumstantial evidence that points towards the possibility, very, very high possibility, that this really happened. 
But again, we're dealing with ancient texts, ancient beliefs, ancient cultures that we know very little about, that we're looking through a lens of, we have no idea how to comprehend that world or what was taking place in that world. So in my opinion, again, I, we don't know for sure. Unless, of course, we believe that Sitchin's translations are correct and that the texts are talking about real events and not stories, not metaphors, like a lot of people believe the Bible is. In fact, even people that believe in the Bible believe it's metaphors and stories. With a purpose, of course, with the purpose to teach and, you know, enlighten. But still, there's many people that believe these ancient writings are not metaphors. They are not stories. That they are historical accounts of what took place. But either way, speculation is fun. And that's what we do here. Speculate. Because it's just fun to think about all the different things, the possibilities of what it could be, as opposed to just going over limited facts and still leaving with a thousand questions, let's think about it. What could it be? There is a whole other aspect to this, possibly, of course, brought up by numerous researchers, that the aliens aren't actually interested in just changing human DNA. They might be trying to create or even take human souls. I know. Uh, Another author, Whitley Strieber, in his books, Communion and Transformation, maybe one of the first writers actually to contemplate or put down in writing the fact or the opinion that there might be a connection between alien abductions and spiritual encounters. Strieber believed that these aliens, he called them visitors, had, quote, had the ability to extract the human soul. Not only that, they did it regularly. And he based that on interviews with abductees that he interviewed. Redfern... Uh, Nick Redfern, the other author, also talks about the 1973 Mansfield coin helicopter sighting. October 18th, the Army Reserve UH-1 was flying passengers and crew back to Cleveland, Ohio, when they were confronted by a 60-foot Oh, excuse me, by 20-foot object that stopped just before crashing into the aircraft. It seemed to scan the helicopter with a strange green light that turned the the whole cabin green. By the time the object disappeared, the helicopter was 2,000 feet higher than it should have been. None of the crew knowing how they gained that much altitude in a matter of seconds. The crew talked to the Cleveland media and made it And uh, it immediately made to the national news before the U.S. military could even cover it up. According to Redfern's research on this case, though, 
the helicopter crew, including the pilot, Sergeant John Healy, were quietly contacted by official sources wanting to know details for months after the incident. Healy claimed that several years after the incident, someone from the Pentagon called out of the blue asking random questions like, had they dreamed of body separation? Like astral projection since the sighting. The crazy thing is he was having dreams. He had dreamed that he was dead in bed. And that his spirit or whatever it was, was floating, looking down at him lying in bed. I, for one, would not have said that to a random government guy. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm just being paranoid, but I'm not going to tell a crazy thing to a government person who has the means to lock me up for being crazy. Once again, call me paranoid. But uh, I would not be saying that to a random government guy. Anyways, why would the military be interested in his dreams or concerned with him what his dreams were? What do they know about those dreams? They clearly knew something when they called him. So if these aliens are after the human soul, it's very interesting, to say the least, that the Pentagon is asking questions related to astral projection. Could it be that an out-of-body experience is that the soul has actually left the body? Hey, everybody. Thank you once again for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying everything so far. If you want to help support the show, there are many ways you can do that. You can follow the link down in the show notes, and that will take you to several links, including our Patreon, where you can listen to the show, which you already are. Thank you very much. You can also leave a review on any of those. You can watch the show slash listen on Rumble. You can also watch slash listen on YouTube. You you can follow the show on Instagram, stay in touch. You can buy merch as well as you can follow the link to start your own podcast where you will get a $20 gift card and it lets them know that you're supporting the show. Love you all. Thank you so much. Back to the show. Does that mean that consciousness and the soul are tied together? Mm, that's deep. I'd imagine that if you're spiritual or religious, you're probably going, uh, yeah, duh. But if you're religious or spiritual and you're listening to me, thank you. <laughs> you have a very open mind because I'm a terrible person. So thanks. Another interesting thing about this is that many people who say they can astral project also mention strange beings around them in this astral realm or whatever you call it. And that some of these beings are even wanting to take possession of the person's body while their astral form or soul, whatever it might be, has left it. 
that also sounds like a DMT trip. Very, very similar, the, the account of beings or entities being there in this other realm that you enter. So who are these aliens? I've asked before in a number of episodes, and nobody will tell me. Somebody please tell me, who are these aliens? And why are they after the human soul, if that's the case? And not only does that suggest that we do indeed have a soul, but that these souls are actually being targeted by beings from another realm or dimension or planet or wherever. And that's pretty scary. Let me know what you think about that. What do you think? Do we have a soul? Are aliens after it? Tell me. I want to know. In the show notes. Email. Or you can hit us up. Twitter, wherever. Let me know. I really do. I want to know what you think. All right. Now let's talk about Bab Lazar. All right. We've talked about Bob in the past. Mike, me and Mike, we've gone over Bob Lazar. Keep Blind Mike in your thoughts, everybody. We are going to get him back. we got to save Blind Mike. Get him back on the show. God damn it, I miss him. Anyways, we've talked about Bob Lazar. And I have said multiple times, I am skeptical of anyone who has been or still is a whistleblower that is not only alive, but appears to be thriving from coming forward with this quote-unquote sensitive information. When you have people like Phil Schneider, my one of my favorite examples, have been murdered for their sensitive information. What's the difference between the two? I've asked numerous times on this show. Nobody will tell me. Somebody tell me. My opinion is that there is quote-unquote government-approved whistleblowing. And according to guys like Richard Doty, who I mentioned in the past, the, uh, the guy who claimed to be a disinformation agent, one of the men in black, for instance, sent by the government to help continue an alien narrative instead of government tech. When people were saying, I think there's some advanced technology there. They say, oh, it's, it's alien. Then there's actual sensitive information that the government seems to go after with extreme prejudice. Go check out our episode on murdered researchers and whistleblowers. It's insane stuff. Bob talks about the propulsion systems of UFOs a lot. Talks about uh, element 115, which is, it's all fascinating. It's all very intriguing. Of course it is. The whole subject is. He claims 
top, he, he had access to top secret documents that he had a chance to read working in this top secret S4 facility at Area 51. One of, I'm sure he worked at several. There's a whole big story to this. And once again, you can go back and listen to previous episodes. But basically, he was a guy that uh, claimed to work in numerous places, work his way into the Area 51 uh, compound where he worked specifically at an S4 facility where he saw a bunch of recovered alien technology and had access to a lot of top secret documents where he had a lot of information. One of these top secret documents was about the origins and early history of humanity and that early humans were subjected to close to 70 genetic manipulations. 70 by these alien visitors, potentially the Anunnaki, a.k.a. the gods of ancient times. Now, I'm not saying that Bob Lazar doesn't have truth in his statements. I, I, don't think, I don't think a lot of what these guys say is all lies or, or disinformation or half-truths. I think some of it is and some of it isn't. I just find it interesting that he continues to talk about this like it's something that he has to be careful to reveal. When he's been talking about it since, I want to say, the 80s. And now he's been on the Jogan podcast. So, come on. This sensitive information bullshit. Give me a break. How sensitive is it when you're saying it on the Rogan podcast, which has millions of followers? You just say it all. By the way, he claimed to have a migraine the entire time. So, when he was asked questions that he normally doesn't get asked, it's my own opinion. He would be like, oh, jet lag, I have a migraine. Mm-hmm. I'm skeptical, as you can see. And if you can't, I need to do a better job. So Redfern says the reason this information is not supported by the mainstream being acceptable theories you know what I mean? Like the academic and scientific communities won't acknowledge them. Is because no one knew how to break the disturbing news to the public without it causing worldwide panic, shock, and disorder. I don't believe for one minute that anyone would panic. Example. What was it? The end of 2020 when they announced or the end of 2021, I can't remember which one, the Pentagon report where they literally said, okay, yeah, 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 UFOs exist, but we don't know what they are. Not a fucking word. Not a fucking word. You had every morning show just throwing it out there. UFOs, UFOs, Tucker, Tucker Carlson's talking about it. Like it's, it's literally everywhere. No big deal. Uh, David uh, Fravor is going on podcasts talking about the Tic Tac and the gimbal. Like, right and left. No panic. No existent, no crazy, like, you know, society coming to a halt that we've been told would happen forever. The reason why we can't give you this sensitive information, it would bring humanity as we know it to a halt. Whatever. 
Whatever. I, I don't believe that for a minute. I believe I believe the only people who would panic would be the mainstream religions and the scientific community uh, communities because they would lose so much power and influence all over the world in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. I mean, if it's more than, oh, look, a tic-tac and a gimbal video. UFOs exist. I, no, more than that. And they just slipped it right under. I mean, there was just so much a barrage of bullshit that you couldn't even see the UFOs through it. So I don't fault the world for that one, of course. I fault mainstream media. But that's who would lose power. And panic. Or that's who would panic would be religions and scientific communities because uh once again it would they would lose all their sway. And, and again, that's not to uh or or to say that's not not to disrespect anyone's spirituality. But let's be honest. All right. And I'm not picking on anybody, but organized religions haven't always practiced what they preach about peace, love, and forgiveness. Uh, Some have a pretty dark history of tyranny and corruption. To just name a couple (laughs) of problems. And of course, there is evidence that we're being drip-fed this information. I think that's exactly what the Pentagon report was. A drip feed. A little dollop of, okay, yeah, UFOs exist, and that's it. That's it. Just enough to get you to be like, oh, UFOs are real. Huh. And then, pew, okay, now we can move up. And, it, of course, it all happens through, you know, movies and TV programming. I love movies and I love shows. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying it is what it is. But man, these days, specifically, the denial is is thick regarding the manipulation of media, among other things, of course. But, there is for sure evidence or influence and in, in, uh, from Hollywood, of course, by intelligence agencies for a very, very long time. Operation Mockingbird. One of the earliest, uh, I mean, look, I, I say this all the time. Look, it's it started with, what did it start with? Nazis! It started with the Nazis. They had propaganda down pat, down to a science. And what did we do? We took on 1,600 scientists that helped us adopt that same methodology. So that's, that's what you got. Intelligence agencies that, uh, that are in media and, and controlling media. 100%. 100%. And if you, if you, if you don't believe that, I, boy, you need to look because it's true. 
Anyways. So it makes sense to me that if they believe that there's a, a potential for panic, that it would be in their interests to have the population at least familiar with these concepts of aliens, UFOs, and things that they know are are going on and taking place. Lazar mentions also documents regarding the world's religions. Um, during his interviews with George Knapp, he said that one document that he saw stated that these aliens consider us to be containers. And that's exactly how humans were referred to in this document, as containers. And that religion was created... So we have rules for the sole purpose of not damaging the containers. Mm. Of course, it's interesting to think about Lazar's claims. Large top secret files, talking about alien visitations, about the religions... And the idea that religions were created in order to keep the population in line, of course, something that they've achieved for centuries and still do. Once again, not picking on anybody. But Lazar might have said it out loud back in the day to a bunch of ufologists, making it sound like a revelation in some secret intelligence. But let's not forget that this is all based on old world texts from ancient cultures and beliefs. Maybe not abductions and uh, manipulations of media, but you know everything about the soul and powerful beings interacting with humans, that's nothing new. So once again, Is he legit or is he being told to release this stuff in a way that makes it sound like he's giving away something big? But I I don't think so. I think, once again, if you look at these ancient texts, they're saying that already. They're just not putting a, a science spin on it. It's all about belief and and spirituality and gods and... Imagine having that kind of belief in that. Well, imagine being alive in that time and maybe potentially seeing it. How could you not believe it? How could you not? So maybe that's what's going on. Maybe the fact is that they did see these things. So they, did have, they didn't have to have faith. They knew. Could it be that these days with less people classifying themselves as religious, more people becoming atheist or at least non-religious, myself included, I'm 
agnostic about a lot of these. I, I think there's a lot out there that we just don't know, but it's, it's that. I just don't know. So maybe with that being the case, this control by the church, this control by organized religions, the corrupt ones anyways. And when I say the church, I'm not attacking the people. The, the, the believers and the people that show up every day because they believe in something more than themselves and they, they want the community, they want the, their friends and their families are there. I'm not saying anything against them. I'm, I'm talking about the hierarchy of it all. The corrupt people at the top that, you know, have control over people and they manipulate them. Is that control slipping? And is that why we have more ideas like this coming into the mainstream, the ideas of the Anunnaki and things like that? Look at Ancient Aliens. You think that could have been a show back in the 50s? Hell, fuck no. No way. But now, now it's totally, totally, it's a great show. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Or is it just another method to the manipulation of media that this is what they want? Again, I I am swayed on the idea that it is government that is manipulating people's belief in something more, that we want to believe in something more. That so you really gotta be careful. But then you're, you know, it's a rough road. Because then what do you believe? <laughs> Great show so far. Am I right? Don't let this happen to you. And about like 30 to 45 minutes ago, I beat the fuck out of my dick so goddamn hard that I can't even feel my left leg. My left leg has went totally numb. And my dick has also went totally numb. To the point where it feels fucking weird when I go and take a piss. Take CBD. Get the best CBD at ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Use promo code UFONO to save 10% on your purchase and help support the show. In the book Transformation by, again, Whiteley Streeby. Streeber, I mean. He thinks that alien visitors are, or that they recycled souls before they sent them back to begin life again. Basically, reincarnation. According to Streber, he was informed by these strange visitors that, quote, the earth is like a school where we're all learning, growing, and evolving with every subsequent recycling. But with each recycling, everything we've learned, at least consciously, would be absent. He goes on to say that if this is true, then haven't we already achieved immortality? Is there a connection between alien abductions and reincarnation? Hmm. 
Let me know what you think. Once again, hit me up. Let me know. Maybe it's more complicated than that. Maybe this pursuit by aliens to take the soul or even control the soul explains cases of demonic possession. The late and great UFO researcher, John Mack, studied alien abduction cases in detail, and he claimed that many of the abductees he interviewed talked about these entities wanting to separate them from their souls or even take over their souls. That's a really interesting theory. That instead of demons, it's aliens. Mm-hmm. Once again, what do you think? Of course, this leads us down another path. The claims of reptilian aliens, particularly the claims by some researchers that these reptilians need a human shell to live in this world. Is that considered taking over a human soul? What's interesting is that descriptions of the Anunnaki are that they're really tall and strong. Which is really, really similar to the descriptions of the alien entities. But, how do we honestly know? How do we really, really know? We don't even know what Jesus looked like. Do we? I mean, isn't there still the argument of what color he was? I mean, I'm pretty sure he was Middle Eastern, wasn't he? I don't know. But I'm just saying, I mean, like, what do we really know? Once again, we are talking about ancient culture beliefs. And we're talking about alien abductions. So hazy memories at best if not manipulated memories, hypnotic regression. So what do we really know? But again, we can speculate. But if Nibiru, the Anaki, Anunnaki home planet, did cause the flood, and if there were wars that caused these advanced cities to fall apart, would they have looked to or tried to con- maintain control in a more conver- a covert way? There's a lot of researchers think that. Are they still here? Did the Anunnaki create the reptilians that existed in ancient times, but also today? And are they influencing human affairs? Or is it all nonsense? I'd love to know what you think. Hit me up. Let me know. According to Sitchin's interpretations of ancient writings, 
A spaceport in Sumer was destroyed during these wars. A main launch point into space from Earth. That would mean some spacecraft, obviously if you're destroying a spaceport, there's going to be some spacecraft that are destroyed during these battles. So maybe the Anunnaki were left with ships that could maybe get to space but couldn't go long into deep space like a mothership could do. Maybe there wasn't another spaceport that they could go to or any spacecraft left at all, meaning the Anunnaki would have been trapped on Earth. And maybe the Anunnaki or the reptilians, however you want to look at them, went underground so they could keep control over humanity through this royalty they put in place. These demigods or whatever. Royalty, remember, who throughout history have always claimed divine right to rule. Where do they get that? Now, of course, I don't want to go diving into the British royal family or reptilians territory. I'm not interested. But I would love to know what you think about it. And if there's enough, of course, enough of you that really do have an opinion about this, let's talk about it and I'll do a show on it. But for now, I just... Keep in mind these royal houses and these ruling families, they go back thousands of years. So maybe maybe there is some truth to it. Now this leads us to accounts of the greys, who are the usual suspects in alien abductions, especially since the 1960s. And they, they definitely don't seem to be the gods from ancient times described. So are they a different race of beings? Let's assume for a moment that we are the product of manipulation by aliens, mixing their genetic DNA with ours. Wouldn't that mean since we have a soul, that they have a soul? So why would they need ours? And they lived on Earth for thousands of years, ranging from 50,000 to 400,000 years, depending on you know what you believe. Some of these researchers believe they can even see future events. Some researchers think the Anunnaki weren't fighting amongst themselves or even against humanity, which would be, you would think that wouldn't be a fight, that would be a slaughter. But that they were actually fighting another invading alien force, the Greys. Again, we really don't know. 
But descriptions of the Anunnaki are completely different than the Greys. There's a researcher, Philip Corso, and I we've talked about this a couple of times, I think. The gray aliens could be an android or biological robot created by aliens who have we've never seen or never been talked about or um, involved in alien abductions at all by human beings. So in other words, we only saw the grays. We didn't see who was controlling them. Another researcher, Nigel Kerner, and his partner, Danielle Silverman, they believe that grays are aware of their own mortality, so they're not immortal, and that they're seeking ways to understand the human soul and trying to create or take them over to survive forever. Alien robot, AI, seeking out human souls so they can live forever. That's a, that's a fucking movie. If the Greys are a different race or biological robots who don't have a soul experimenting on humans, then where are the ancient gods today? Do they all, did they leave Earth a long time ago? Like that, uh, that's in the ancient writings? Did they go back to Nibiru? If they did, are they coming back? When are they coming back? Or are they still here? Do they still exist? Somewhere underground, controlling or trying to control humanity. <laughs> or even worse, succeeding. Boy, these days. And just to add a few more ponderings to this, some researchers and alien uh, and alien abductees say there's a connection between gray aliens and reptilian en- entities. If these reptilians are the Anunnaki are they still experimenting on us today and if they are why why after all this time I feel like there's enough circumstantial evidence of a connection between alien visitors and the human soul. And it adds a really, in my opinion, a really fun whole other dimension to the, to the alien question as a whole. And, and it's a little scary, I'll admit, that maybe our souls hang in the balance if you believe all that. There is some debate as to why gray alien sightings ramped up after World War II. Uh, Abductions really started about a decade and a half later. Are some of the humanoid encounters talked about 
we went over it in a recent episode. Some of these humanoid encounters, they're usually less aggressive than abduction encounters by the greys. But are these humanoid encounters, the Anunnaki from underground, attempting to influence humanity? And that's what brought the gray aliens. If the Anunnaki did turn on themselves... Because that does that mean that some of them are on our side? And if that's true, or any of this is true, is there an invisible war going on on Earth? A battle over human minds and souls? I think there's plenty of evidence that the world's governments want to control how people think. And, and behave. Does that mean that the world's governments are the Anunnaki? The reptilians, or at least controlled by them? As humans. It, well, myself. I'll speak for myself. I think most humans are in awe of the thought of godlike beings living thousands of years. And of course, an advanced race of aliens is incredible. I want to believe that. I want to believe all kinds of things. But it seems to me, regardless of what the answer is, that what makes us human, the collective potential that humanity has, is really sought after. Seems kind of rare. seems to me that humans are even more special and unique than a lot of us can maybe imagine. Interesting thoughts, deep, deep thoughts. But once again, I want to know what you think. I want to know... What your theories are. I want to know, you know, what you think of this. If you think it's legit, if you think it's bullshit, what do you think? I want to know. If you have stories, if you have experiences, you just want to reach out, you want to say hi, hit up that email in the show notes. I want to believe 115 at gmail.com. You can find me all over the social medias at Ben Austin. Everywhere. You can find us, UFO No Podcast, everywhere. Twitter, all over the place. Once again, in the show notes. But now, for one of my favorite segments, which I only have the one segment, I guess, but uh, it is. Ah! 
Of course, first and always. Right now, I hope I get more, but uh, I got to thank my first donator, my first patron, constant supporter. We call her the designer, tinfoil hat wearing Aaron. Much love. Thank you very much for always supporting the show. Really, really means a lot. We always have good chat. Um, I love it. Thank you very much. means a lot. You too. Also, you can donate. Uh, Patreon.com slash UFO No Podcast. Any donation at all. Start with a buck. You can donate anything at all. Any donation means the world to me. Of course, I could do more with more, but anything helps at all. It really means a lot. Uh, But now... Those of you that have left reviews, big thank yous from me. Tego Shea, I think I'm saying that right. And once again, all of you, if you want to uh, shout out, just leave a review, donate, whatever. Um, says, so glad to have you in my life. And uh, wants to get Mike back. Of course, we're going to get Mike back. We're going to get him back, people. We're going to get him back. We're going to get those goddamn aliens off his ass. We're going to get them. Uh, Ridiculous Patronus. One, loves the intro. Thank you. I do too. And I hope we keep bringing interesting topics um, that keep you wanting more. Of course. Uh, your scented memory. You know, add us to your podcast list. We're like, what? Your favorite 19th podcast, I believe. So, you know, thanks. Anyways, thanks for adding us in your list. And then uh, Gigi Holland. Uh, we did an episode of USO No. They really liked that one. You will too. Go check it out. And then, of course, my good friend Casey Leesky. He says you have to check us out. So you have to check us out. And uh, if you've left a review and I have not given you a shout out, please let me know because I do. I want to give you a shout out and let you know. But uh, I don't always see them depending on the platform. So I want to see it. I want to see your big juicy reviews so make sure and let me know make sure and let me know that you left a review so i can give you a shout out and finally of course to my general shout outs thanks for the moon cheese to my sister christy thanks for buying merch anthony d graham in alaska graham i hope you're doing better man he's going through a hard time last two years really kicked everybody's ass but uh you know some people got it harder than others anyways graham hope you're doing good man uh lenny f leonard Love you, dude. Hope you're still listening to the show. Always a good friend. Once again, hope you're listening to the show still. Uh, Heather and Michael, good friends over there at the shop, our CBD shop. Go check that out, clarksoncbdco.com. But they uh, always hang out. They do our landscaping out there. Thanks, guys. Always looks great. Casey Armadillo, bought merch as well. Thanks. Thank you. Haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're doing good. And Michelle Davis, thank you as well. Uh, thank you all for tuning in the show. It means a lot. Anyone who's bought merch, uh, I would love for you to go and tag UFNO podcast with your sweet ass gear. So we can help build a portfolio of fans. I really want to do that. And, uh, of course, if you want to get a shout out real simple, just let me know you listen to the show or donate. That's it. Super easy peasy. And, uh, as always, everybody remember, keep an open mind, you know, stay open Critical thinking, that is the key because there's a lot out there we don't know. Don't shut the door. Always leave the door open because you never know. Um, And, you know, the world's always changing. We're always learning crazy things about this world and things that are in it and who's being, who's really behind it and who's doing what. And there's so much crazy shit out there. 
that uh, to just close the door and say, nope, it, it's not possible. I just, I just don't get it. You got to have an open mind sometimes. But, uh, but uh, I hope I've given you enough evidence to see that uh, the government, <laughs> they're shysty bastards. So make sure, keep your eyes to the skies, everybody. And don't, don't let them pull the wool over on you. They're shysty bastards. Love you all. Have a great one. Uh, bye-bye.